Welcome to the Inspiring Soul Speaker Podcast with David Laws, renowned psychic and spiritual leader. Join David as he shares inspirational and uplifting stories of divine guidance, manifestation and abundance. Share in his path of peace, love and light. In this episode of the podcast, uh, we just like to give our listeners a little bit of a reminder that if you are triggered by anything that is discussed in this episode, uh, please seek help and advice. You can get in touch with Lifeline on 13 11 14. Hey, David. Hi, Bindi. Now, this is this is a big episode and I'm so glad you and I are doing it together. Oh, so am I, honey. We Thank have you. so much to share. Boy, we have. In fact, mm. this is our podcast. Yeah. It's not mine. It's not your. It's ours because we've um, what we're going to be what we're going to be discussing today is uh, is you know so pertinent to both of us and mm. to many of our listeners out there. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about it is that anybody who listens to this is going to learn something, um, and you know they won't have to make the same mistakes we made. No, hopefully. No. And it's funny because I think for all of us, everyone's on a journey and mm. everyone's learning lessons of all descriptions. I mean, that's what we're here on this earth plane for. It's one thing to learn the, to learn the lessons that, that come with that, but I think it's another thing to be able to share it with other people to mm. hopefully uh, make their journey a little less painful, a little less uh, worrisome. Mm. I think that half the time that we go through these things that we do is to – you know, hopefully we'll learn from the mm. lesson but impart that wonderful knowledge and experience onto others to make their journey a little easier, hopefully. Yeah, and I I often say to people, you know, what, what value are we if we can't share what we've learned? That's so, exactly right. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about living authentically mm-hmm. in all its forms Absolutely. and um, it's something that both you and I have – um, had a, a well-worn path on, I think. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. The value of living authentically. Yeah. So we were, we were chatting off air and um, you were talking about how we're born with a blank slate, but mm-hmm. we're born into expectation, aren't we? We are indeed, Bindi. And this is the thing because, I mean, when each one is born, when we are born, we are born into this beautiful world of love, mm. hopefully, um, but we're also born into a world of we don't know what's going to happen. You yeah. know, I don't – no one is born into, uh, well, this is what I'm going to be, this is who I'm going to become and this is all the thing. these are all the things that I'll be doing with my life. We are born as a beautiful baby and hopefully into a family of nurturing, loving parents and family and um, – Hopefully that will set the, um, you know, the, I suppose, the course for the rest of our mm. life. But even that, I mean, I was lucky enough that uh, and fortunate enough to be, to have been born into a beautiful, loving family. And, uh, and that's been wonderful. But even so, it still didn't uh, prepare me for the journey that was going to unfold for me. That's it. You know, same for me. Mm, exactly. <laughs> exactly the same, you know. And I think many people are like that. I mean, you know, we, no one, no one knows what's ahead for them in their life and what, what they're going to set out to do and, and become. And you're even a psychic and you didn't know. I know. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good advertisement for a psychic. <laughs> Had to go there. I, yeah, I know. You have to. <laughs> Where would we be without our humour? I Far know. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, living authentically and truthfully. Mm. 
This is a big subject, my friends, and for those of our lovely listeners out there that are um, you know listening in, tuning into us today, living an authentic and truthful life is so essential. But man, oh man, it is one of the most difficult things to. Uh, move into and to really live. So many people wish they could live authentically and truthfully. They want to, but they're too frightened. They're too scared. They're too um, immersed in their own worries and their own stresses and think, oh my gosh, what what are people going to say? What are they going mm-hmm. to think? And what about this? There's all the what ifs that, that come in around us. And you know, it's very sad because there are so many people walking around desperate to live authentically, mm-hmm. desperate to live truthfully, but they're too frightened. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we, we're in a society of fear and fear and expectations and stress and worry and Very sadly, there are so many people that have problems in the world today with alcohol and drugs and addictions and all of these terrible things that so often can be traced back to the fact that they are not allowing themselves to live openly and authentically and with a real sense of perspective about who they are and the journey that they're on. Mm, Yeah, and it's just fear. Mm, Of course it it is. is fear. You know, darling, there's only two realms in which we can live our life. We can either live in love or we can live in fear. Mm. We cannot live in both. And sadly, the world that we live in is a Mm. fear-based society. The news, the media, everything is about fear and people are fearful of living anything beyond what they know and see around them and particularly if they know there's something dwelling within them that needs to be expressed but they can't because of the expectations that are put upon them by society, by their family, by their peers, it can really um, cause so much you know, uh, disruption within themselves and sadly we see, not only do we see people you know, falling into illnesses mm. and um, addictions with certain things, we see people taking their lives which is so terribly mm. sad. I mean Australia has the highest rate of teenage suicide than any Western society in the world. It's incredible. And yet it is incredible, honey, and yet we, we are called the lucky country, mm. inverted commas, the lucky country, and yet suicide in this country for the younger ones is just at epidemic rates. Mm. And so much of it can be traced back to the fact that, the, that uh, we're, we're not being allowed to live authentically and truthfully mm. and not being encouraged to do so. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about expectations and – you know, it's something that I know I've had to really let go of in the last year um, and uh, I did a lot of healing around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think expectations are the mother of disappointment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Expectations. And the funny thing is the people who put the expectations on us, they've got all their own expectations, they've got all their own stresses mm. and worries. There's no such thing as perfection out there. Absolutely. You know, and we, we try to live into this inverted commas perfect society or this perfect image of what we think we should be and what we could be, we think, but you know what, nothing and no one is perfect. No, never will be. They never will be. And no. in fact, to me, imper- I mean, perfection is understanding that imperfection is part of who we are. Absolutely. So once I embrace all of my wonderful imperfections, and there's many of them, oh my God, that's what gives me pre- peace, mm. brings me peace, and makes me feel so happy. Because I think, you know what, I'm not perfect. I'm a far from it. And the more I examine myself and work on myself, I realize there's more work to do. But guess what? I embrace it. Yeah. I've learned to embrace that now. 
It's like that beautiful piece of marble that's got all the ripples and all the nobbles all through the marble. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect piece mm. of marble or a tree. The tree's got the knots and it's got all the twists and turns, but it's beautiful the way that it is with all its imperfections and we are exactly the same. Yeah. It's funny. I actually just posted on Instagram last night um, a photo of myself. It was mm. a selfie. Mm-hmm. And I've lost a bit of weight recently, so um, I get more wrinkles when I lose weight. And so <laughs> I was smiling and I had all these wrinkles that I didn't have before right. and I was like, you know what? I don't mind. Yeah. I, I'm actually – I earned every one of those. That's exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a, yeah. So the shift is huge. Like it is. most women would be like, oh, my God, I need some wrinkle cream or something. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm embracing it. Just and the grey hair. Yeah, I'm, just, exactly. I'm just taking it. That's exactly <laughs> right, yeah. Because I've earned it. <laughs> I know, I know. That's right. Well, look, I mean, you know, I've, I'm, I've, got, a, uh, I've got a silver top head now. I <laughs> often say to people, look, I'm only 30, but I've just been to a couple of bloody good parties. <laughs> you know, so I just embrace it and, and that's what it's all about. But the context of what Mindy and I are going to chat about today, guys, is uh, the importance of living a very true and authentic life based on both of our life experiences. And one thing I'm going to preface today and and chat about, I'm I'm going to be very upfront with you because, I mean, many of you listening today uh, will have either met me or perhaps know me and there'll be many, many people who perhaps never never even heard of me. (laughs) But I'm going to – and that goes for Bindi as well. Um, But in the line of work that I do, um, being as a professional psychic, I have the great privilege of um, meeting and um, getting to know many, many people. There are many people who know the story of my journey and there are many that, that don't. So this is what I'm going to, to share with you. I'm going to take you on a journey of my heart and soul and share with you a little bit about the path that, uh, that has been um, put before me and that I've actually chosen at a deep spiritual level to, uh, to um, progress on. And there will be some things that you will hear me speak about. There will be aspects of my journey that I will share that may anger you. You may um, disagree totally. You might think, what the hell? I may face your judgment, your criticism, your condemnation. And to be honest, it's a human reaction sometimes when people hear somebody say something about their life. And they think, oh my God, how could he do that? How could she do that? How could you even think of doing that? And blah, blah, blah. Judgment, condemnation and criticism is a part of everyday life, my friends, as you well and truly know. And I'm sure that every one of you has endured that from somebody at some stage in your life. And uh, we're all guilty of condemning and criticizing and judging others. I mean, that's all part of human nature. But you know what? Here's something that I think about often. I think of the journey that I've been on And I'm thinking to myself, well, I've been on this journey and I am on this journey and of course I will be for the rest of my life, but I'm on this journey for a reason and part of the reason I believe is to experience life in its rawest and realest content so that I can hopefully impart some of that journey back to you and and hopefully you will gain something from that. So as Bindi and I said a minute ago, that's part of the reason, I guess, why we've gone through what we've gone through so that uh, we can help hopefully teach, inspire and encourage others to live their truth and their, their authentic life in, in its fullest form. So to go into um, uh, my aspect of things, for those of you that do not know, I'm, uh, I'm a gay guy and I'm very, very proud and happy to be a gay man. 
Uh, it didn't always uh, kick off that way for me. Um, I think that when we're born, nobody wakes up one day uh, and, uh, and they uh, open their eyes and they have a yawn, have a stretch and go, oh, what will I be today? Will I be straight or will I be gay? Will I be gay or will I be bisexual <laughs> or will I be a transgender? What will I be today? Do you know what? Wouldn't that be a luxury if we could wake up and just choose our sexuality or choose the easy path or the easy way? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, wait till you hear my coming out story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And, you know, it's not really, it's not, that's not easy. And it's not easy to live uh, one's sexuality in in true form. Because, you know, again, we're born into a society where we are pretty much conditioned to think and act a particular way. And the standard thing is to, you know, fall in love with a a lovely person and marry them and have family and uh, live happily ever after. And uh, for many people, that is certainly the case. But for other people like myself, um, it can be um, quite a different journey. Um, I will explain a little bit about, you know, my path and journey and Benny will share some of hers as well and feel free to interject with questions, honey. <laughs> I will give you a chance to chat. <laughs> I um, People ask me, well, David, did you always know uh, that you were gay? Well, you know, I came out at the age of 46 and uh, I was married for 20 years to one of the most beautiful ladies that God ever put breath into, my lovely former wife, Lisa. I don't like using the word ex, my ex-wife. My former beautiful wife, Lisa, and I were um, happily married for for 20 years. But during that 20-year journey, I had those inklings and feelings and knowledge that deep down I truly was a gay man. And it was something that I had to battle with, you know, mainly in thought for for quite some time. And uh, during our 20-year marriage, we have a beautiful, we had one beautiful daughter who's now very happily married and uh, is about to make us uh, grandparents, which is very exciting. And um, thankfully, thankfully, I'm very, very close to my daughter and to my former wife. Now, coming out at the age of 46 is, as you can well appreciate, um, for those that haven't um, been on this journey. It's a, it, it is a very, very um, frightening journey. It's fraught with difficulty, with um, all the terrors of what the hell are people going to say, what are they going to think of you, all of those things that you can well imagine. And there were thoughts that went through my mind for a long, long time prior. And to be honest, I thought, my God, if I do come out, I could lose my daughter being cut off from her. I mean, all these terrors of, you know, who you, you who you think you can lose on the journey in the way of your family and friends. And it's just a terrifying aspect of, uh, of life. And it makes me laugh, you know, because you, for those people who perhaps, you know, look at people like us and think, well, oh, my God, how could you be gay or how could you be this? Well, you know, as I said before, there's not a choice. We have as much choice over our sexuality as we do choosing the colour of our eyes when we are born. We are born who we are born to be. And until we reach a time in our life when we can fully embrace that, accept it and learn to love ourselves for whatever that is, we will be on a path of battle within ourselves. And if you are battling within yourself over something that you're not being true and authentic about, you will really not be living your fullest um, capacity, in your fullest capacity, in your fullest energy and in your fullest expression of love. At the end of the day, we are beautiful beings of love and we are here to express our love and to be love and to accept love and that's how, that's, that is it, that is the end of it. Now, the unfortunate thing is there are many people that don't have that and I've heard some horror stories of people who 
have been uh, rejected and uh, been uh, cut off from their families and friends when they did come out. It's not been an easy journey for many, many people. And very sadly, I'm one of the minority, I guess, where I was lucky in the sense that when I did come out, I really virtually didn't lose anybody at all in uh, in that and that I was accepted greatly. But you know what? It's been one hell of a difficult, difficult journey. And this is not a journey. It's almost like a journey I wouldn't wish upon anyone because it's... Mm. Uh, it's just so fraught with the difficulty, with, with um, the drama of the condemnation, the criticism that you think you may receive. But, um, but it's a journey that is ultimately worthwhile taking mm. for that very reason. Yeah, I can so relate. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, uh, I was 23 when mm-hmm. I came out. Yep. I'm now nearly 45. Um, and um, I'd, I'd been with men, you know, since my early 20s and oh, even earlier than that. And um, I'd been engaged to be married and yep. all kinds of things. Yep. And um, yeah, um, I, I know I joke about my coming out story, but really it was a dream I had. Mm. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. Like growing up as a teenager, I had people like my grandmother and my auntie like, Are you gay? I'm like, you know, like, oh, don't be silly, mm. you know? And then, uh, yeah, I had this dream and it was like an awakening. And the next day I woke up and went, oh, I get it now. I totally get it. I get why I just didn't gel with guys, why that never worked, um, why I was never happy and I was just going through the motions. And, yeah, I was conforming to society. You know, my family, my Mm. mother wanted Mm. me to, you know, wear a white dress and get married and, Mm. you know, her big dream wedding that she could be part of. And I'm like, hang on a minute, that's your dream. That's right, yeah. Not mine. Anyway, I I remember... When I told her, she was absolutely devastated. Yeah. Um, more accepting now, but um, yeah. You know, and then I, just that feeling that you get when you're like, do I actually step forward and do I, am I, can I be this person mm-hmm. or do I just remain who I mm-hmm. think I am? Mm-hmm. And there's no freer feeling than letting go of that conformity. Oh, my God. Do you know, honey, I refer to it as masks. Yeah. Everyone in society is wearing a mask of some sort because yeah. we are wearing a mask for this person, for that person. We wear a mask for people at work. We wear a mask at home for our family and friends. And we wear, we wear masks. We're a society of masks and we are masking ourselves from the truth. Mm. And this masking business is so soul-destroying for so, so many people because Mm. behind every smile is a story. Behind every smile is the potential there for a broken heart and a broken story. And lots of people just put on that smiley, happy face just like I did, just like Mm. you did for so, so many years. And people think, oh, you know, happy-go-lucky Dave. You know, there he is cruising along through life and having a great life. And I was like that, uh, in fact, for both of us, I always refer to that elegant swan that you see on the lake. Yeah. It's just like that elegant swan. You think, oh, look at that beautiful swan on the lake, elegant and regal and just gliding along but underneath paddling at 100 miles an hour trying to keep up, yeah. you know, and trying to lie to yourself. And you know what? The more, the, the older you grow, for me, you know, the older I became um, and reaching my 40s and being married for 20 years, the struggle inside was just getting so great. It was mm. just... It was reaching a crescendo where I thought something has to give because yeah. if it doesn't give, I'm going to give, mm. and um, it was just it was it was just terrible. And I remember 
um, just before I came out. It was just driving me nuts. I thought, what the hell am I going to do? And there was a time when we lived up in uh, Noosa Heads and uh, we were running a holiday resort and there was a weekend there when uh, Lisa and Alexandra, our daughter, um, flew back to Sydney for the weekend and I had the weekend on my own up at Noosa. And I had a night off and you know what I did? Oh my God, I'll never forget. It was the time when Brokeback Mountain came out, oh, the movie yeah. Brokeback Mountain, and I was absolutely cranking to see this movie because there was a whole heap of you know, stories about this wonderful movie and there was a lot of controversy about it because, you know, a story mm. about two gay men and the secrets that they held because one of them was a married man. Mm. I thought, I've got to see this movie. Mm. Well, do you know, Bindi, I drove down to Sunshine Plaza down at Maroochydore and went in to see the movie one night and I locked up the hotel and I went down to see this movie. Well, of course, even when I walked into the movie cinema, I thought, God, I hope no one sees me. But <laughs> but there was only like three people in there. And I didn't, of course, I didn't know who they were. Do you know, Bindi, I, I watched that movie and I walked out of that movie and I was a mess. I was an absolute mess because I knew that the, the character that Heath Ledger had played was just so resonated with me. It mm. just so resonated with me and you wouldn't believe it. Driving back to Noosa, I was driving past uh, Sunshine uh, Coast Airport and this God Almighty thunderstorm came in, was pouring down with rain. I bawled my eyes out because I was just so shaken up by the movie. I couldn't drive. I had to pull over and wait for the tears to subside and wait for the storm to pass because I just couldn't. And I just thought, I've had enough of this lie. I've mm. had enough of this bullshit. Please excuse my language, guys, but I've had enough of this BS. You know, I, I can't live like this anymore. It's just It was just getting to a boiling point. I thought something's got to give. And I wasn't being fair to Lisa. I wasn't mm. being fair to me. Um, and that's that's all there is to it. But God, it's so hard. Yeah, and I I, I love that movie. I know. Yeah. Um, makes me cry every time. Yep. And yeah. um, you know, and I think that's something as well that you know we there's not enough of this story told. No, there's not. Do you know what? Even look, thankfully, we're living in a time now where gay people are. You know, way more accepted, and the gay life is, mm. is much more acceptable. We now have gay marriage, you know, passed in in our society today in Australia, which is wonderful. We're making all these wonderful leaps and bounds ahead, but there's still a lot of homophobia yeah. out there, and a lot of people who are scared and uh, and uh, and you know, fearful of what this is all about. And again, because it seems to be to go against conformity, mm. and uh, conformity is, you know, to me, I conform to me. Yeah. I've got my own sense of conformity. I don't conform to society as such because, I mean, who is society, darling? Because guess what? I'm society. You're society. <laughs> we are all society. And yet yeah. people talk about society as this exclusive group of people over in the corner. So, oh, what does society think? Well, you know, we're not a part of society. We're all society. Everyone's in society. And mm. thankfully now there is a lot more open discussion about it. And, you know, I'm very happy to discuss with anyone um, mm. about the journey that I've been on because I'm – I'm actually in a quite a, um, I won't say luxurious position, that's not the word, but I'm in a fortune, that's a better word. I'm in a very fortunate position that I've lived two lives. Yeah. I look back because I've had a former life um, mm. as a straight man who was married, who has a beautiful child and that's uh, and having my own child is still, you know, a, a, a blessing that many gay people um, will never experience and I do understand that. So it's you know, it, it's been a, a, a wonderful journey for for me, when I look back, you know what? I wouldn't change anything um, because when I say a wonderful journey, wonderful in the sense of what I've learned from it mm. and the most important thing that I've gained out of my own you know, lessons, I guess, in life 
is just the whole aspect of who you are as a person. Like when you conduct yourself with um, with um, sense a sense of integrity and in in the sense of being loving, being truthful as much as you possibly can. Um, and being a decent person and treating everyone with kindness and respect, that's all that can come back mm. to you. Uh, if I was out there and, you know, um, you know, tearing people apart and being a horrible person or doing, you know, you know, awful things in life, well, you know, those things would possibly play a role in, you know, people not accepting me. Uh, for when you know when I did come out, I mean, I, I there's no perfect reason, there's no perfect answer to to what the um, to, to what this is all about. But I just know that you know, for me, um, I, um, I I didn't know what I didn't know where life was going to go. And I guess the catalyst for me coming out was the fact that I had met a guy who was very much like me. Mm. Um, he was married with a couple of kids, and he and I had an affair while I was still married, of course, and. That tore me to pieces inside, but you know what? It was it was crazy because, and see, this is where I said to you guys, uh, you know, <laughs> this is where I might be, I might be, um, um, people, some people might look and go, oh my god, you know, um, judge me and condemn me. I don't care because it's been my journey. Mm. Um, but having said that, um, once that happened, it actually it triggered something within me because I thought. Once I had an affair with this guy, I'll call him Craig. As he's, that's not his name, but I'll call him Craig. But once Craig and I um, had a, had had this affair, it struck a match. Like that was the match that lit the wick, and it's just like, oh my god, you know. Now mm. it's that's when the battle started yeah. because I thought, my god, this is who I am. But how do I correlate this with my life? And you know, I'll tell you what men do. Men particularly are very good at this because it was the only way I could cope. Now, my coping mechanism was putting everything into a filing cabinet. So I put everything into a filing cabinet in my mind. Mm. So my mind was a series of filing cabinets. So, um, you know, through the day I was a businessman and husband and wife, but on the occasion when I caught up with um, Craig, I'd just close all the other doors of the cabinet, open up the top one and open it up and... Um, when uh, I went to meet up with this with this guy, um, took my wedding ring off, and I was a gay man for the night, mm. and it was the only way I could cope. But but the the crazy thing was, as frustrating as it was, and as it was all sort of cloak and dagger. And the thing like the thing I can't believe is that today, I here I am speaking so openly about mm. it. And I was living that chapter of my life. I thought no one will ever know this. No one has to know this. I'll yeah. take this to my grave. Because I'll be able to cope, and I knew I wouldn't. <laughs> Little did I know that I wouldn't be able to cope. But I thought, look, it's the only way I can cope with this thing that's going on with inside of me, and this struggle. Because the struggle to be gay was so much stronger than you know, um, being trying to be this other person that I wasn't. But I still love that life. Yeah. But anyway, um, that's how it all it all worked out for me, and um, we had an affair for quite some time, and. Uh, in the end, it just became all too much to to bear, and uh, as I said, at the age of forty six, it all it all came to a head. Yeah, and so, how did Lisa take it? Lisa wasn't really surprised. She'd questioned me for some time prior. She said, "David, is something going on with you?" Because mm. you know, uh, our physical connection was getting less and less, 
and um, Lisa's a very attractive lady and she still is to this day of course and always will be she's a beautiful beautiful lady so I'd have, and not that it's about that but it was just the fact that the frustrating thing for me Bindi was the fact that um, I, I, I mean I will love my former wife till the day I die but I'm not in love with her if you understand yeah. what I mean yeah but I was very connected to her and I just thought oh my gosh how do I I can't I can't do this anymore and uh, so she had um uh, reservations about what my truth was and she went oh, and I just said oh no I, I, I always feigned some yeah. feeble excuse and she just knew so when the time come when uh, you know she discovered that I was gay um, it, it was a shock but it really wasn't mm. um, so but you know it was a it was a harrowing experience as anyone in my position um, would would imagine and would know mm. um, because you don't know what's going to happen and mm. I'll never forget the night that it all happened, um, she just said to me, please don't speak to me, don't touch me, don't come near me, just leave me alone. And she went out into the bed, out into the lounge room and cried her eyes out all night. I was lying in the bedroom, I was bawling my eyes out. I just thought, my life's over, my life is just over. And our beautiful daughter, who was 12 at the time, she was blissfully unaware, she was in bed asleep. We just cried the whole night and it was just a, we were a mess. And the next morning we... Got our daughter out of bed and uh, we both had our dark glasses on. We never said a word to her. We mm. There was no blow up. There was nothing. We just quietly got her ready for uh, school and we had breakfast and uh, we drove her to school. And I'll never forget when we let her out of the car because it was the first time Lisa and I had actually been on our own without her around and we said goodbye to her and said, we'll see you this afternoon, sweetheart. And we had our dark glasses on because we looked like shite because we'd been <laughs> crying all night. And I was driving and I said to Lisa, I thought, here's my moment of absolution. This is, I mean, it's a drum roll. I don't know where this is going to go. And uh, I said, do you want to go somewhere for a coffee? And she said, yep, I think we should go down to uh, James Street, down to Burley Heads and we'll have a coffee and discuss everything. And I mean, I knew the marriage was over, obviously. So we found a little coffee shop. And I'll never forget, Bindi, we ordered this coffee and we sat down. We had our dark glasses on because we were a mess. And I sat there stirring the coffee and I let her speak first. I didn't want to say anything. I just thought I'll let her speak when she's ready. And you know what she said to me? Oh, God, I can only tell you this now without bursting into tears because it cut me up for so for so long. She said, well, um, I suppose you heard me crying last night. I said, yes, darling, I heard you cry all night. She said, yeah, I heard you snuffling away as well. She said, do you know, I spent all night trying to find something in my heart to hate you for and I mm. can't find it. I said, oh, my God. She said, I just can't find it. There's just nothing there to hate you for because I know it's not your choice. I, it's not a choice. I know that's how you are. Yeah. But she said, it's just sad that it's come to this. So, of course, I was a, a blithering mess and so was she. But anyway, uh, long story short, we um, we rang a friend, dear friend of ours and we said, can we come up and see you? And she said, oh, my God. So she was the first person that we told what had happened. And it was so funny, you know. We got in, she said, finish your coffee and then come up to my place. And she was about a half an hour drive away. And, you know, when we got into the car, Lisa said, can you please tell me about your gay life? And I said to her, I said, honey, I will warn you on one thing. And she said, what? I said, I'm going to warn you. I said, whatever you want to know, you will know everything because I am so sick to freaking death of all the lies and all mm. the all the rubbish I've told you over the years. I, I'll tell you everything you want to know because I just – I know you don't believe this, but I love you so much, but I just I just need to get this off my chest. If you want to know, Gianna said there's no holes barred with anything. And 
you can imagine that most spouses in that situation would just lay into you and slap you yeah. and bash you and punch you and kick you, which you would understand, mm. and I, I was ready for anything. And Lisa said, okay, wow, wow, so talk to me. Well, do you know that next half hour, we it was just like floodgates had just opened and I told her everything about who I'd met, my experiences and what was going on in life. And in a really crazy way, it actually seemed to bring us a little closer. Yeah. Because she was just, wow, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't... It wasn't um, easy, and it was, it, but it was just. It was like all this bottling up that I'd had for mm. all those years of my truth. It's like, sweetheart, this is who I am. This is what's happened, and I, I'm really sorry. I'm really, really, really sorry. Sorry in a in a weird way because I wasn't sorry that we got married. And here's something to to answer a lot of questions that people may have. People so commonly say to me and ask me, "Well, why did you get married if you knew you were gay?" Mm. You know, honey, I've got to tell you. I, um, when I married Lisa, yes, I had those inklings. Yes, I had those feelings. And I thought, oh, look, maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm not. Look, I'll just, I'll just meet a beautiful girl and fall in love with her. And that's exactly what happened. We did fall in love. And, uh, you know, we had a, the first years of our life were very physical and quite ordinary. And then, you know, then people say, well, are you bisexual? Well, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? I, it's like I flipped from one to well, I didn't flip, but it's just like, no, I don't know. No, mate, this is just, this is who I am. But it's been a journey, you know, because the guy I was at the age of 46 was not the guy I was when I was 21 when I met Lisa. You mm, know? Exactly. You know, because you, again, as I said at the beginning of our broadcast, um, we become who we are. We, we, we are not that person from day one. We, we be- and I'm still becoming who I am. We're, mm. we're growing into this wonderful character, you know, yeah. who, who we are. And you can have a chance to chat now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I can just feel the relief and the freedom from you over here. And, um, you know, something that's been a real uh, battle for me is not so much everybody else's acceptance, but my own. Oh, my God. Huge, honey. You mm. have, oh boy, you've hit a raw nerve there with me. <laughs> Isn't it funny? Oh, look at you. You got teary. I'm, I'm getting all teary as well. I've got to tell you something, sweetheart. You know, when I came out, probably like you, when I came out, people said, oh, well, you know, congratulations, Dave. It's, I've got to tell you, it's so funny. I'll just interject for a tick, <laughs> uh, as I so often do. I, I made a pact with myself. I thought, when, I, when it comes to me telling everyone around me, my family and friends, I really want to do this face-to-face. Um, and I pretty much did. There was only one or two people I couldn't because of distance, but virtually everyone, I rang them up and said, I need to come and chat to you mm. face-to-face, and I told them. And you can imagine the terror in in my voice when I said, oh, listen, I've got some news for you. And they looked at me and went, what? What's going on? Yeah. And I said, look, I'm gay. And a couple of them said, oh, didn't you get the memo? Like, we knew. Yeah. <laughs> I went, oh, wow. And so the point that I'm going to make about that, about acceptance whilst i was accepted by virtually well virtually everybody bar mm. one or two on the outsiders but you know i was accepted by everyone but you know what the only person that didn't really accept me in the beginning was me mm. and yep. it was actually the beginning of my um struggle with inside of myself because i went through the horrors of um you know um guilt mm. and um you know feeling guilty that I'd split the family up and I'd it was I was the catalyst to the end of the ending of the marriage and what my daughter would think of me and and it was just um, the most awful it's actually the signaled the beginning of a 
of quite a, a rough time in my life and I went through depression. Mm. Uh, I lost everything in business. I just, I was a mess. Mm. I was just a train. My life was a train smash and it was because I had so little, um, you know, compassion and love for myself. And yep. Even though I had the love and compassion of my family and friends around me, which was wonderful, but I just crumbled inside because I thought, you know, I don't know what this is. And a few people said, oh, wow, you know, now that you're, you know, you and Lisa are separating, you know, you'll be able to move on and meet a nice partner and, and build your life happily ever after. Do you know what? Nope. And I'll tell you why. I had to fall in love with me first. Yeah. No point. I thought the last person, the last thing I want to do is try to run off to find a new partner that did not interest me in the in the in the least. Mm. You know, it didn't interest me. It's like no, I just need to find out who the hell is David. In fact, you know what? I feel I should write a book and call it "Who the Hell Is David." <laughs> you know, because it's like who am I? You know, mm. I really had to find out, even though I'd come out. But well, I've come out. But what what's this whole new aspect of who I am? And I look back at my because that's what eleven. 12 years ago now and I look back and think wow look at the journey that's in that's unfolded in that time it's been incredible mm. and you know the initially for me I I you know I owned it and I was mm. it, it's almost like and we do evolve mm. but it's almost like um you've got to learn who you are all over again yes and and you're like oh I don't have these boundaries now I've got mm. this freedom to actually really be me and what does that look like what does that feel like mm. and I was kind of lucky because um I um I made some friends who were gay and they kind of guided me mm. uh and I'm, I'm really thankful for them because I look back and I think man I learned so much from them that's right um you know and <laughs> I make it sound like there's so much to learn um but <laughs> but really it's about it was really about being myself. Oh, absolutely. Um, it comes back to those two magic words, honey, authentic mm. and truthful. Yeah. Just be truthful and in whatever way. And I'm, we're not just referring to sexuality, but just whoever you are, whatever you are, whatever you feel you need to be or want to be, just be it. Mm. Have the courage to step out and and do it because, I mean, you know, whether we like it or not, that clock on the wall is ticking mm. and it only ticks in one direction forward. And the older you get, you think, you know what, I cannot live my life. You're not happy, not you, but I mean, if we are not happy with the direction that our life is taking, if we're not happy with ourselves or with the path that we've chosen, well, we're the only ones that can do something about that. And sometimes it's like, well, what's the greatest fear? The, cr mm. the fear of telling people the truth or the fear of not living your life truthfully. You know, what's the, yeah. what's the greater of the fears? Because really so many times the people who do, like myself and like, and like you, sweetheart, who do take that step to, to you know, move out into, into the, our, their truthful selves, they then find, oh, my God, there is another life out there, yeah. you know, although it seems so daunting and, you know, it's, it's the abyss, it's the, mm. it's the dark abyss. I know when Lisa and I split up, and she said, well, obviously, the, you know, the marriage is over and uh, Alex and I will move on into our own life. I said, of course you will, sweetheart, but that just cut me up inside because I yeah. thought – and I was terrified. I thought, but what's going to happen to me? Mm. I'd never been on my own and never been on, um, on my own as a gay man. You know, mm. I thought, oh, my God. And, I, yeah, it's just a, yeah, quite daunting and scary. And I, I get it when people are terrified of – you know, of taking that step. But, you know, it's an essential step for us to take so mm. that we can be our complete, beautiful, loving selves 
And um, I often say to people now, I am so proud to be a gay man. Mm. I am so proud. To me, this is a blessing. I've got to tell you, when I came out, I cursed and, and you know, kicked the butt of that guy upstairs and blamed him. You, God, it was you that made me like this and you made me gay and you made me, oh, God, I was very bitter and angry against God in those early days because it was just like, why did you make me like this? I've got a beautiful wife and a beautiful daughter and a beautiful life. Why? You know, and I, I, I can't tell you how many times I cried my eyes out and just mm. said, why, 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 why am I like this? I don't want to be wide like this. Um, but today, as I said, I'm very, very happy and proud to be a gay man because you know what I love about my life, honey? I've got mates. I've got good mates, straight mates, and uh, because they're, they're my buddies and I'm into the car movement in a pretty big way. I love my classic cars. I'm in a couple of car clubs and I love hanging out with my buddies. Do you know what I love, honey? I, <laughs> the great thing about being a gay guy is that I can hang out with the blokes. I can sit down and have a beer. We can talk about cars and V8s and muscle cars. And then I can go out with my girlfriends at night to a Tupperware party and <laughs> still have a great night. <laughs> You're so versatile. I'm so versatile. I can versatile. <laughs> that's right. And, and you know, I've got to tell you, the thing that has saved me in all of this, my saving grace in my whole journey has been one thing and one thing only, my humour. Mm. Oh, thank God I've got a good sense of humour. Thank God I can laugh at myself and take the mickey out of myself because, you know, it's so grounding and so wonderful. And mm. When I do some of my shows, often I'll ask the comment, I said, does anyone know what a flower reading is? Because for those of you that don't know, I actually read flowers for a living as a psychic. <laughs> so I'm a flower reader. You can go on to uh, the, the famous flower man and if you haven't heard of me, you'll be able to look me up and see what I do and – Often I'll say to people, does anyone know what a flower reading is? And lots of people say, no, what is it? And I laughingly say, well, look, most people think I'll disappear with a poof, and I probably will, but he hasn't shown up yet, so. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know. I usually tell the one about a pansy, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. So <laughs> I said, oh, my God, you're here to have your petals picked by a pansy. <laughs> I still remember when you told that. I was right. like, oh. That's right. That's right. You know, self-effacing humour is saving and it's earthing and it's grounding. And you know what? Often people say, oh, my God, I didn't want to offend you. Darling, people could not offend me if they tried. You couldn't. You have no idea how thick my skin is. And, and because of the fact that I just take the, um, the mickey out of myself – you know, I just think, oh, my God, you know, life is just so wonderful to be surrounded by so much love and humour. And, and if somebody wants to be vicious or or nasty or horrible, well, they can have their own little party. And, you know, the funny thing is I've never really encountered any dramas with anyone who's wanted to take me to task on my sexuality. Most people, you know, if, if they don't know me, they'll ask if I'm married mm. or if I'm single. I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm a gay guy. Oh, cool. And what do you do for a living? It's, it's almost a non-event, <laughs> which is wonderful. And that's how it should be. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh. Oh, are you gay? Oh, oh, well, it's ne- I've never encountered that at all. It's just a non-event. And, you know, in a way, this is something I want our listeners to think about too, guys. I'd, l- I'd like you to ponder this point. You know, what we have issues with in life will have issues with us. Yeah, true. If we focus on issues and make them issues, they will make issues of us because mm. I have no issue with who I am and what I am. It's a non-event. Guess what? No one else does either. Yep. And that's a, re- that's a big, big thing. It's a big lesson in life no matter what it's about and – what or who we have issues with, will it will be mirrored back to us. Mm. And um, as I said, I know it's easier said than done, but um, I was the one who had the biggest issue with myself mm. than anyone. And often I'll say to people, I love this saying, I mean, oh, God, I got 
I had a bloody ticket on that guilt train. I couldn't get off the guilt train. Every station it pulled into, I stayed on board and it went around and around and around. <laughs> I was on the guilt train. I was so sick and tired of being on the guilt train, but I just couldn't get off. Yeah. And I didn't know which station to get off because, no, 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 I've got to stay on the guilt train. No, you get off of this. No, 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 next station, next station. So now I happily say to people, do you know what? If people tried to make me feel guilty, if someone tried to make me feel guilty about what the journey that I'd taken, I'd say to them simply this. And this is something you can all think about. You know, if somebody tries to make you feel guilty or be guilty for something you've done or something that you've been in life, always, always think of this. I say to people, you know what? God damn it, thank you. You bought me a ticket on the, on the guilt train. God bless you. I want to thank you so much, but you know what? I hate to tell you this, but look, as soon as you, as soon as the, the ticket came through to the guilt train, I called a cab, I grabbed my luggage, I threw it into the cab, we sped down to the station as quick as we could, I ran up the bloody platform, and you're not going to believe it, I just got there, and just as I got up, the guilt train just pulled out, I just missed it, I'm so <laughs> sorry, I just missed the guilt train, so it's my way of saying, I don't care, yeah. I, you know, you tried to put me on the guilt train, I ain't buying it, not buying, you bought me the ticket, but I'm not, I'm not boarding it. Some people uh, get the ticket from the from the whole shaft to the ticket and they get on the train, mm. stay on there for the rest of their life and feel guilty. And I could have been I could have spent my whole life feeling guilty for what I put my family through. But what I put them through was not an intentional thing. Yeah. I, what I what I think we put we all put ourselves through is an enormous amount of growth. Mm. And I can remember something that uh, Lisa said, uh, which was quite extraordinary. I remember when we did part our ways, um, somebody said to Lisa, what made you forgive David, you know, the way that you did? And you know what she said? She said, well, I've got two choices. I can get bitter or better. Mm. And if I got bitter, it's only going to make me angry. It's going to make me sick. It's going to tie me up in knots inside and it's not going to change David. I can't fight for him. Mm. I can't win him back. David is gay and there's nothing I can do. So if I learn to get better and heal from the situation, it will open my heart and soul so that I can bring in other love and bring acceptance into my life. And mm. that's exactly, you know, how it's been. And um, <clears throat> it's not a um, it's not an easy thing for people to, to grasp, but honestly, when you work with love and respect um, and if you are prepared to work on yourself, it can really, really help you ama- amazingly. And I know for Lisa, God bless her, she um, did quite a lot of work with Louise Hay, with, mm. like, with Louise Hay's work, reading her books and practicing her philosophies and things. And that really helped her. And I think um, many of our listeners will have heard of the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And uh, that was the book that Lisa turned to. And it helped her em- enormously mm. on our path and journey and, um, and, and for me as well, you know. So it's. Uh, it's something that, um, you know, it's really helped us get to a point where, um, you know, you can you can just be at a, at, a, at a point in your life when you think, you know what, this is who I beautifully am. Like we said earlier mm. in the conversation with all of my faults and frailties, mm. you know, I've got, a, I've got a million things I could feel guilty for and, you know, having an affair behind my wife's back and uh, myriads of things. I can look back and think, oh, my God, I cringe. But you know what? It's what I went through. It's it's part of the journey that I went through to find out who I really was. Mm. I wasn't proud of doing those things, but it was an essential part of my growth to experience these things. And again, because of the judgmental society we live into, it's like everything's frowned upon you. Know, you can't do this and can't, can't do that. And I understand that, but sometimes it's a it's just part of the journey. Mm. And one thing that I have learned <coughs> now, you know, um, being the spirit on the spiritual path that I'm on now. On now 
In the grander context of things, Bindi, to me, because of my philosophy, I believe that this is just one of many, 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 many lives that I have had and mm. will have. So this is just a this is just a raindrop in a bucket of water of all the experiences that I've had as far as physical lives are concerned. Yeah. So in this lifetime, what <coughs> I'm learning, I'm learning two important things. And uh, I'll actually go into these in a deeper way in some other podcasts. And it's simply this. There are two lives that I'm here to observe. I'm here to observe the outside world and the outside life and observe people and learn from them and hopefully they can learn from me and learn from those experiences. But I'm also learning that I'm I'm a soul who's observing his life in this incarnation as a character called David mm. and all of the things that he has been through and learning to watch how people react with him, how they interact with him, how he interacts with them, how he feels. Almost as that, I, I almost feel like I'm a I'm an, a movie actor, and uh, this is a role, this is a character that I'm playing in this particular movie, but. I believe we have many movies through our many, many lives. And each of these movies, each of these lives <coughs> will teach us a whole set of lessons that we're here to learn. Mm. So, darling, guess what? Love you dearly, but I'm not worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Which simply means I have no concerns. I'm not interested in trying to butt into other people's lives to mm. tell them what they're doing wrong or how they're going wrong or anything. I just like I've got there's no time. We have no time to be judging, criticizing others. I have only I'm only interested in focusing on how I can be a better person, how I can be the best person I can be with all of them bobbles and bibbles and all the all the nobbles and all the all the imperfections. It's it's it's, it's a beautiful part of who I am knowing that I'll never be perfect mm. uh, and um, that's that's doesn't even enter my field any in my, my sphere anymore it's like no this is who I am yep and and the old saying is love me or leave me I don't <laughs> mind and uh, the beautiful thing is honey I've got plenty of people that love me and yep. I love plenty of people uh, and there's never there's never we can never have enough we, we never have um um, um, not enough room for somebody else. There's yeah. always room for a new friend in my life. And as I sit here with you, sweetheart, I, I do a quick scan around in my life and I think, God, you know what? I'm pretty much on good terms with everyone that I know. I don't – no one's got any task with me or anything. You know, yeah. it's just like I just – I'm, and I think mainly it's because of the fact it's like this is what and who I am. And the one thing I'd sort of encourage – give you a word in a minute but one thing, <laughs> <laughs> one thing i'd encourage all of you beautiful guys that are out there listening to bindi and i today you know guys we're on this earth a very short time we dance upon the earth a very short while so cat steven sings in his song it's so true and oh very young that beautiful song of his i never forget it's like we only dance here a short time so it's such a beautiful interlude in our grand uh, journey of soul and spirits. This physical interlude is so short. Um, so therefore, there's no time to be tied up and to be concerned in things that are so irrelevant to our spiritual growth. And you know what? Like as we said earlier in our little chat, most everybody is going through some struggle or journey of some sort. What it could be small, menial, it could be it could be monumental. But you know, a struggle is a struggle, and it's not a case of well, my struggle's bigger or worse mm. than yours. And you know, what? it's a personal journey. At the end of the day, that's what the physical life is about. This is what our physical life is. That's that's why we're here in physical form to learn mm. from all of these things. And you know, the journey that I've just shared with our listeners today is only a small section of the a small portion of the 
the life journey that I've been on, but um, discovering and uh, aligning with and expressing one's truthful sexuality uh, and doing it so openly and so lovingly and being so truthful is one of the most um, um, enlightening and uh, soulful things you can ever do in your life because it just makes you sing. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's such a beautiful space and it's something I wish upon every person listening today. I wish this wonderful space for you as well, my friend. So if you're not living authentically or truthfully in whatever in whatever form of life it is, you know what, I wish that for you one day. You could be a bank manager, but you'd rather be at the circus juggling coits. Do you know what? Hey, go for it. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't always have to pertain to your sexuality, mm. but just be authentic and just be truthful. And, you know, when you align with your soul's purpose and align with your truth, my God, it's so magnificent. Mm, so true. Mm-hmm. You know what you made me think of? Mm-hmm. Um, I had a time in my life when I wasn't living authentically and I was in a relationship with a woman who was still married. Yep. So kind of the same very situation sim- very as you. Very similar, yep. Um, however, she hadn't come out mm-hmm. and she had children and every time those children were around, I had to go back in the closet. Yeah. Um, so I had to adjust my life so much just to make her happy. Yeah. And in the end, I just went, I, I can't oh, yep. live this lie anymore. That's right. So either you are true to you or I am. Love it. And I left because I couldn't do it yep. anymore. Three it's years, it tore me apart. Wow. I could not wow. continue it. And we were so in love. No. But no, I couldn't. No. Couldn't do it. Nope. And darling, thank you so much for sharing. Don't make that. me cry. <laughs> I know, sweetie. I know. I know. God, I wish you guys were here having a cuppa with us. Here, grab a cuppa and sit down. We could have a good old mag, have a good old yarn together because Bindi and I get very, we get very teary with each other sometimes because <laughs> we're on the same path and journey. I often say to Bindi, you're me with a bra on. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so much alike in, in kindred souls. But, this thing that you just touched on so beautifully is that now, then you're back in the closet, then you're out, then you're back mm. in the closet. Do you know what, guys? Let me tell you something. Do not allow people to hold you in a closet or don't allow them to hold you in a space that is not you because that's just not that's not on. And you know what? That's that's you denying your truth and you denying uh, your your pathway. And I mean that with love and respect to the person or the people who might be doing that to you. But you know what? They, it's not fair on them to impart their, you know, their their expressions or their wishes upon you that without respect to you. You know what? It's well, it's your choice. It's a free will world, but uh, I certainly wouldn't accept that either. And you know, again, it is better to call it quits and mm. just say, you know, no, I can't live like this. And why? Why? And nor should you. Mm. You know. Yeah, and you know, these are the sacrifices that you make, mm-hmm. but it's. You know, in those kind of situations where you're not living authentically, Mm. like the impacts it has on your life. Absolutely. Like the stress and the strain and the the unhappiness and Mm. just, you know, like I was depressed most of the time. Of course. And I'm I'm like, how can you live in a relationship like that and and be truly happy Mm. when – there's so many factors around you. You can you can't control, mm-hmm. um, or that you can't influence, and you can never be you. That's right. Um. So yeah, and there was only very fleeting moments where I could be me. Yeah. And and that's not you can't you no. can't do that. 
And you, nor should you do that. No. Because unfortunately, you know, for your uh, former partner that was involved, she was living in that in that world of non-authenticity. Yeah. So she wasn't being truthful yeah. or authentic to herself, but expected you to live in her world as yeah. well. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not being truthful or authentic and I want you to be with me. She didn't – she wanted – it's almost like she wanted to have a cake and eat it too. Absolutely. But it's – but no, you can't be that. No. And you can't do that, especially when you know your truth and mm. especially when it's like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is who I want to be. Mm. You want to – well, you know, honey, you did the right thing. It's heartbreaking and heart-wrenching <laughs> sometimes because you think, oh, no, I'm, I'm ending something that I, I really love here, but – when it comes at the cost of you not being true and true and authentic, you know what? It's not worth. Nothing is worth that price I to know. pay. Yeah. You know, to me, the ultimate price to pay for not living truthfully, authentic, authentically, is when it starts to affect our life and our health mm. and our well-being. Because it's like that river that's got blockages in it. Yeah. You know, there's a tree falling down here, and there's a there's some big rocks here, and the water's just not flowing like it should. Like this beautiful, our body is meant to flow. Mm. Our life is meant to flow with ease and with grace. And if other people impede on that, and with their, and you know, they they become blockages in our system because of their thoughts and expectations, and mm. and what have. Well, you know what? No, sorry, we we just cannot allow that. We've got to work towards a point of saying, look, I love you dearly, but I have to let you go. Mm. I have to let you aside because I've got to work on me. I'm, as I said before, I'm always trying to work on just keeping the 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 flow working beautifully mm. you know, in my body because. You know, you we have to look after ourselves yep. emotionally, physically, and, and but it comes in in all the realms. Stress, my God, you know, stress just causes so much angst and drama. And like we said earlier in our little um, podcast here today, it's so unnecessary to pe- see people suffering so terribly mm. because they're not. It comes down to these simple things: they're not aligning with their truths and they're and not being authentic, and they want to be, but they can't be for myriads of reasons. And uh, they end up with all these dramas. Mm. And the sad thing is when, when you are affected, you know, physically with illness or stress or what have you, no one else cares because they've got their own. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone, everyone's got stuff going. But I tell you what, it's a very special place that you can arrive at once you move into that realm and that space of just being who you beautifully are. Mm. You can hold your head high. And I've got to tell you, honey, people will turn and look at you and go, wow, what is going on with that guy with his life? What's the look at that lady? Look at her. Mm. My God, they're just powering on in life because it's like this is who and what I am. And the sad thing is, my darling, in this world, we're in a world of, um, of people who are they're, they're like, you know, they're like lemmings. They're like sheep. They do, mm. Everyone follows each other. And it's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. But if you have somebody who's who's – willing to just stand tall and strong and proud for who they are without having to yell and scream to the world. Mm. I don't yell and scream to the world about the fact that I'm gay or anything. I yeah. just I am just quietly and peacefully and beautifully who I am. Yes. And I don't have to sprout off to the world about it. it's not like saying to people, I hope you don't mind but I'm straight. <laughs> <You know? laughs> people don't say that. So why should someone say, I hope you don't mind but I'm gay? Like it's just, hey, I'm Dave. Yeah. You know? This is me, you know, I'm Dave. Half of my friends know me as Dave and half of them know me as David. And what half say, you're not a David, you're a Dave. And the other, the Daves call me a Dave. It's really <laughs> weird. I love it. So, um, but you know what, I'm just beautifully who I am with, with, all, all, with all the colours, all the burbles. And that's it, you know, um, I think also in the LGBTIQ community, um, I think there, we have a lot of labels. Oh, yes. There's a lot of labels. And I'm like, let's just drop the labels and be ourselves. Love it. Because um, when people, you know, ask me, well, what are you? <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't 
and I, I was at an event the other night and I was really thinking about it and I was just like, no, there's no label for me. It's just no. me. No, that's right. Yeah. That's it. And that's the same as me. Like I'm just a, I'm just a gay flower man. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and, and it's it's funny. I, as I said, as you heard me say before, my my humour has saved me. But uh, I just think, my God, what a free spirit I am now. What mm. a, on my life is free. I live a very free spirited life. I've got a very. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I won't say that I'm lucky that I've got a, a lucky life because I've made it this. I've mm. created this because it wasn't this twelve years ago. It was a train smash. I was all. You yeah. know, I went through hell went through all the depression. But you know what? I just did the work on myself mm. and uh, turned to the work of spirit and with spirit uh, help and support with spiritual philosophies, with the uh, understanding the universal teachings, which um, I will you know, be referring to in my online courses and programs, which yep. will be available shortly. Um, you know, I, I show people the way about how I've built this wonderful life, how I've come back, you know, to back from the uh, the brink of disaster to um, to the great life that I've got now, and is still becoming and still unfolding, you know. And um, I just look at it with such expectation and in the sense of excitement. I just expect exciting things and exciting people and exciting things to happen, and that's all that comes back. And it's like, wow, you know, it's. Yeah, it's it's awe-inspiring because, again, there are so many people that are lost, confused, and angry, and they're 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 you know they're they're shunted aside, and you know they've got all the limitations put on them, and yeah, it's just really sad. Mm. But there we go. Yeah, well, we're realistic, Dave. We expect mm. miracles. Oh, that's right. Honey. That's <laughs> right. That's right. The most realistic thing you can ever expect is a miracle. That's you it. Know? People say miracles, no such thing. Oh my God, life is a miracle. Everything there's mir- there are miracles everywhere. I experience miracles on such a such a regular basis now. Uh, I'll never say they're passe because I never take them for granted, but I never lose them. I, n- I never miss them. It's like oh, there's a miracle. Oh my yeah. God, that's a miracle. Did you see that? That's a, there's a miracle in that. And when you look at it, I, I love saying this to people, Bindi. Like, I just, um, I'm just, a, uh, just about to turn the big six zero in uh, in a couple of months' time. No. Yes, I, I see you looking at me with disbelief, but it's true. <laughs> would never have guessed. Oh, you would have said fifty nine and a half, surely. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You know what? This is something I'd recommend uh, to our beautiful listeners. From time to time, don't forget to look at the world through the eyes of a child. Mm. Look at the world through the eyes of a child. And every now and again, just think, I'm going to have a sandpit day today. I'm going to play in the sandpit just like kids do. So what's your idea of a sandpit day and how, are you, how can you play in the sandpit? What can you do and be and create? Because part of this whole journey of being authentic and, and, uh, and truthful and real is just, just doing those crazy, beautiful little things like I do from time to time and... It helps to ground you and helps to accept, you know, life the way that it is. Mm. And uh, it, it's just a beautiful way to live. Oh, I'm all for more sandpit days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. I kind of had one of those yesterday and it was great. Oh, good. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Yeah. I was yeah. painting. I loved it. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, and, and you know, I had a I had a sandpit moment the other day. Some friends of mine have just bought a yacht. And uh, they took me out on their yacht the other oh, day. That's a different just, kind of sandpit. That was a different kind of <laughs> sandpit. There was just, you know, and we uh, we poured ourselves a drink and we're just sailing along the yachts called Serenity. Oh. My darling friends, Camera and Lisa, love you guys. And they've just bought this beautiful yacht and it's called Serenity. And we just took it out the other day. And, of course, you cannot 
I can I cannot cruise on a yacht without listening to my favourite song come through the boombox, and it, it's my number one song in my life. Guess what, what it would be? What? It's Sailing by Christopher Cross. Oh, God. <laughs> I have that song, Sailing, when I'm on a yacht. And you know what? I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. In fact, I'll, I'll post it up this afternoon because I uh, filmed a little bit of segment the other day when we are out there. So You I'll, did your own film clip? Yeah, got my yeah, little film clip. You, your own. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. but um, the singing's not so good. But <laughs> if you can look beyond that. You even look a little bit like him. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, well, there you go. A little bit. Yeah, but anyway, but but again, it's uh, it's yeah, having sandpit moments and and celebrating your life and celebrating. I look back now and think, oh my god, look at the journey I've been on. But as I said, do you, and you know the other thing too, guys, it everything that I have been through, everything that I've experienced on my journey, I always say it gives me license to look you in the eye and say, I understand where mm. you are or what you're going through or what you've been through because there's lots of things that lots of people have said and done that they're not proud of. Mm. But guess what? You know what? It's part of who you are. This is not a perfect life mm. and it isn't always perfect in the sense of, you know, we make decisions that we, you know, that we're not proud of and experience things. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just experience. Mm. It's just it's life experience with with all the good, bad, and indifferent, everything thrown into the mix. But beautifully and happily for me, with everything that I've been through, every experience that I've had has brought me to who I am and what I am today. And I'm bloody proud of who I am. And you know, I don't mind telling you guys, I bloody love myself. <laughs> I was just thinking that this I morning, love myself. you know, yeah. yeah, like I was just like, damn, girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, who wouldn't want to invite me out on a date? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think we need to change the topic of this show. I don't think we, think we do. <laughs> we get it. Yeah, we go down a whole new track now. Oh my god! Yeah, that's been that's been wonderful. But uh, I suppose to uh, have you got much else to say? Oh, look, we could go on forever about this, Dave. But I, I think I think to wrap it up, um, mm. like you know, if um, you find yourself struggling uh, with who you are or what mm. you want to do in life. Um, Really, like you, you got no time to lose. No, um, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid. You're not alone. Correct, and and thank you, sweetheart. And you know what? You really do have nothing to lose mm. because there's nothing more liberating. There's nothing more joyous than when a soul is singing mm. his or her truth from the tops of the stars. You know, like it's just, uh, it's just. It's just the most beautiful place to be in. So whatever you wish to be, whoever you wish to be, whatever you wish to become or whatever you would like to your life to be, you are the master, you are the creator, you are the one who, you're the commander of the ship and you're the one who's in charge and you're the only one that can really to be the one to take those steps to make it happen. But gosh almighty, you know, wherever you are in your life, if you are battling a little bit with your sexuality or with your truth, whatever that may be, you know, maybe it's a time to sit down and to really think about how you would like the rest of your life to be lived. Because, you know, unfortunately, there are many, many people who do, you know, pass over at the end of their life and they never really mm. live their life to their fullest. They only lived a half of their life or a quarter of their life because they're living in the shadow of other people's expectations and uh, wishes and desires, never their own. And therefore, they were robbed of a, of a really good life. And uh, it's just so terribly sad. But we only get one life, one chance at this and uh, make the best of it. And uh, Bindi and I would, you know, love to extend our 
love and best wishes to each of you. And uh, we reaching through and giving you the biggest hug and the biggest kiss on the cheek and just wishing you all the best on your journey. And uh, we hope you've gained something from our talk today. And we thank you for your time. It's been quite a long one today, but uh, I hope you feel, or we hope you feel it's been worthwhile. Love you guys. Have a really, really super day. Thank you for listening to the Inspiring Soul Speaker podcast. For more information about David's work, visit inspiringsoulspeaker.com.